Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the Tuesday show. I'm Leanne Dolan in beautiful Pasadena, California. It is uh, Tuesday, June 23rd. I am joined by my sister, Julie Dolan, in beautiful Dallas, Texas. <laughs> that sounds good, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. How are you today? I'm I'm good, Julie. I'm good. We, my son, Colin, got his wisdom teeth out last week, and I think we're through the worst of the the pain and the swelling and the smoothie making. So... I think he's back on solid foods. At yes. This point. Good. Good. So, as I kept saying to him, at least we paid for it. I had to get all of mine out in my twenties, and I had to pay for it. So think of it that way. Even more painful. Even more <laughs> exactly. Painful. Exactly. All right, Julie. We have put together quite a show. Quite uh-huh. a show. Uh, I know it's been an emotional week for a lot of people, but we're yes. we're bringing some light and laughter to the airwaves today. So uh, you're going to tell us all about your weekend. You characterize it as a surprise weekend. I, I can't wait. Like flat out surprise land. Yeah, oh, I can't wait to tell you about it. Oh yeah. my gosh, exciting. Okay, and then speaking of exciting, uh, we had the president in our neighborhood last week, and uh, I was on the ground tracking his movements, <laughs> and I could give you an update on what that's like. We have, of course, uh, the sad demise of the gap. You know, for years at Satellite Sisters, know. we've been trying to just gather some coins together to buy the gap and return uh-huh. it to its days of former glory, and things are really going south for the gap. So you have the yeah. full story there. Uh, a couple of stories about, it looks like the internet. <laughs> is that it? Yes. Well, no, no. one story about the internet, Leanne, this is the big breakthrough. You know, on Tuesdays, I like to bring you new trends yeah. and this is it. I am totally backing it. They haven't asked for my support, but I am thr- I'm all in on this one idea. Okay. And then uh, I have a sort of a back to the future story for you too, Leanne. Oh, okay. Excellent. Uh, I have good news if you want to live to 100. Uh, well, at least I have a how-to, what to eat and what not to eat and what to, mainly what to drink and what not to drink. If you want to live to a hundred, um, I know people have been waiting breathlessly. Leon, how is the no shampooing going? I can give you my update. And Julie, you said you have an update. I am on the bandwagon. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And then, and then speaking of hair, uh, I have a cat update. Remember I had the random cat in my yard. Yeah. Just want to let you know what's happening there. And we did it people. Julie and I watched pull dark and we are on the bandwagon. So we're going to have a recap at the end of the show of pull dark, which is only British people could name a television show that, right? I, I mean, it's the worst name. It's, the worst it's, name. it's sort of even hard to get it out of your mouth. Pull dark. I know. So, Okay. All right. What happened this weekend? What was a big surprise? Okay. Well, Thursday evening, 920 at night. Okay. I'm in my nightgown. I've got my bathrobe on. I am upstairs. Uh, and the doorbell rings, Leanne. Okay. Uh-oh. And there's, there's a little Mr. and Mrs. Bickerson going on because my husband <laughs> is still dressed. And I was like, you go answer the door. You go. I don't want to go down to my bathrobe. He's like, no, no, you do it. I'm not doing it. So we're having this little like 
to fight uh, upstairs. So I go down, I peer through uh, the little, um, you know, the peephole, and I see two women with sunglasses, Mardi Gras beads on, and a giant balloon bouquet. So at first, I think it is just that some local people, you know, I'm here, we're in this temporary apartment complex. I think it's some women that have had a few two margaritas at our local uh, Mexican restaurant, and they've just rung the wrong doorbell, you know. But I open the door, and lo and behold, it is two, my two dearest, oldest friends, Leslie and Linda. um, And they are there. To wish me a surprise birthday, Leanne. Oh. It is not my birthday. <laughs> it's not really... for a while. I know that. Well, it's no, in it's July. only three weeks away, Leanne. Yeah. Okay, so it's really not that far away. <laughs> I am turning the big six zero. I'm happy to say that. I'm not afraid of that number. And uh, my friends were not going to be able to come, you know, to be with me uh, when uh, for my 60th. And they cooked up this plan. They both, you know, they're both full-time, you know, full-time jobs. They both had been working in other states, uh, um, you know, got on planes late in the day, flew to Dallas and show up at my doorstep with the giant, the balloons that got sunglasses on <laughs> and Mardi Gras beads. That is and, so fun. Is that, that is fantastic. Well, I've never had a surprise birthday. Okay. I've never, ever had a surprise birthday and I was bowled over. I was totally surprised. Okay. In fact, earlier in the day, I had done some grocery shopping for the weekend because I had planned a really action-packed weekend for my husband and I. We were going to clean out the garage. That was it. Wow. Good times there, Leanne. Sounds great to be 60. Yes, it does. We are cleaning out the garage. We were, that's what we were going to do. I bought some groceries and I'm putting them away in the refrigerator. And I noticed there is all this other fruit and cheese. And I, and I again, Mr. and Mrs. Bickerson, I am like, I'm yelling at my husband. I was like, why did you buy all this fruit? It's going to go bad. We're never going to be able to eat this. It's just the two of us. And I don't want all this cheese. That's going to We're trying to lose weight. What's the matter with you? So I packed it up. And I sent it over to my daughter-in-law's house. Oh my gosh, course, that is my really... My husband bought this. That is so... Wow. Of course, my husband had bought this because he knew my two friends were coming in late for the weekend. Uh, so he bought fruit and cheese. He bought an air mattress, Leanne. He had this all like... Because <laughs> they're staying with us. Okay. And so... They were there here for the weekend. I, I have to say, I was just giddy. That's the that's the only way I can describe this whole experience. I was just we were giddy. Um, I've known Leslie since I was thirteen. Uh, Linda was my roommate my junior year abroad in France. You know, uh, and and they just they just wa- didn't want my birthday to pass without making note of it. And that that is so nice. That is, I mean, that is such, I mean, it was such an act of friendship and it just, I mean, the wave of love as they came through the door, you know, and they were so proud of themselves that they had hooked up this plan and, and that it had actually worked and they had gotten here and that it, you know, and that it was, the surprise was intact that I just, I, it was, was, we just had a wonderful time. They had, of course, they, they had reservations for dinner at a very nice restaurant, um, and, but during the day, we were just talking and laughing. Our big excursion was 
uh, we didn't want to do anything too cultural. We had we'd ruled all that out. But we did have time to go to Sam Moon uh, um, Oriental Trading uh, a Company, which is sort of, it's sort of a landmark here in Dallas. They have several stores. And Leanne, this is just, it's a room full of fun. That's the only way I can describe Sam Moon's. You can look it up. They have costume jewelry. They have uh, fake pocketbooks. They have wigs. They have scarves. Um, they have more costume jewelry. And well, with our good fortune, they were having a closeout sale on their Easter fascinator uh, um, <laughs> fascinators. So we, and everything in the store is five ninety nine, four ninety nine, or six ninety nine. So good. So it's a whole lot of fun, Leanne. So we just did stuff like that all weekend. Um, and instead of like feeling older on your birthday, I feel younger, Leanne. Oh, I, that's great! That's I am fantastic. Totally invigorated with with the whole thing. So I just went with it. You know, I mean, I just this was my birthday. I've turned sixty. The actual date is, you know, is in a couple of weeks. But um, I. I'm ready for this decade, Leanne. Okay. I am ready. <laughs> okay, you got your you got your fascinator. You're good to go. <laughs> and I've got some fabulous. Wait till you see some of the earrings that I picked up, Leanne. They're Ow. really good. Uh-oh. We all bought the same stuff too, which is nice that we get to a point in our lives where you know where you know how you want to like you know sort of sometimes you you know a little competition among your friends. No, no, no. We all want to look. We want to look the same. So we were buying the same bracelets. We're buying the same <laughs> earrings. You know. Did you buy any of those? Those red hats. <laughs> no, no, red we got, hats. We got fascinators, Liam. Okay. <laughs> well, that is really nice. That is wow. That puts first of all the pressure on the sisters. I, I just wasn't even tracking that it was really your big birthday. So. Yes, indeed, it is. Okay, so TikTok sisters, you got a couple weeks okay. to come up with a scheme, but no surprise parties. Okay, that's been done. You're going to have to come up with something else. That's not really how we roll, anyway. So <laughs> no, it is. No, it isn't. No, I mean, really. You know, that's we. You know, we are. You know, it's it's pretty easy to uh, exceed our expectations when it comes to birthdays, isn't <laughs> yes. it? So this I mean, is what I'm still reeling, Leon, because I've just never had, you know, other people have surprise right. parties and stuff like that. Not me, you know? Yeah, so, that is great. Well, that's great. pretty good. That's great. Well, last week we had a touch of a surprise here in the neighborhood. Uh, I live in Pasadena. I have mentioned many times that I live near the Rose Bowl, but it's, it is germane to this story. And um, and last week, the president was in uh, Southern California to do a couple of fundraising events, but then he was going to do Mark Marin's podcast. Now, it's become a big news story, and you probably listened to the show. I hope you have. It's a good interview. Uh, Mark Marin records his podcast in a garage about three or four miles from my house, so in Highland Park, California. And Mark Marin's podcast is, he was, uh, it's, he's been doing it since 2009. He's a comedian, but he's also kind of known for for his sort of wide-ranging interview style. It really sounds conversational. As we know, Julie, only podcasts can, right? Only exactly. audio can. And he does it in his garage. He's a true podcaster. He's not a public radio-supported fake podcaster. <laughs> he really is sort of doing his own thing, having his own conversations with people he feels are interesting and he's interested in, which is sort of the nature of our beast here, podcasting. You kind of talk about the things you want to talk about. It's your forum and relatively cheaply to, to produce to talk about what you want to talk about. So, but he is a huge audience. He is allegedly 400,000 downloads a show. Um, 
So that's a big audience. And apparently this was a year in the making that uh, the president decided that he want his advisors suggested he do this podcast. It seems sort of the right level of informality and kind of surprise and just away from the mainstream media, something very different. So he decided to do Mark Maron's podcast. Um, but you know, Highland Park is a, a very, uh, it's a, it's just a crowded urban neighborhood and uh, you basically can't land at presidential helicopter in Highland Park. There's no, <laughs> And so, so they don't have any heliports there. They do not. Nope. They oh. do not. They do not. They have uh nope, they do not. They have a couple of elementary schools with playgrounds, but it's not as I learned last week when I saw the entourage show up, it's not just one helicopter, it's five helicopters you have to land uh when when you roll with the president. So they shut down the whole Rose Bowl area. We got the notice the day before and I was like, "Well, really? Why would they that seems extreme if he's just, you know, motorcading to Highland Park. And then it became obvious, oh, he's they're landing the helicopter here. And then he has to go back to LAX. And then he has to go up to San Francisco. So, Julie, long story short, just in the neighborhood, the president uh, landed his helicopter, three Osprey, and another, like, fake Marine one. So Ooh. that's – it's a five-helicopter entourage that shows up for the president. That, that's impressive, William. It, it, you know what? It was fantastic. I have to say, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I am nonpartisan about presidential spectacle, Julie. Okay. I like a spectacle. I like something happening. I've never seen a presidential motorcade. I don't, I just have never seen one. I've actually never seen a living president do anything. Have you? Uh well, yes, we've had a lot of motorcades oh, yeah. here in Dallas okay. because of the Bush Presidential Library. Okay. So when all those presidents came for the dedication, yes, it's quite a scene. It's Leah. a scene. So. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just a scene. And so uh, so we were pretty psyched. And uh, I figured it out with a few conversations with the police officers. They weren't giving out a ton of information, but it was obvious Good. when they were going to arrive and when they were going to leave. You could figure it out. So I was there with about two dozen people watching the president. Now, mind you, everything is shut down. So we're standing probably a good third of a mile you know, on a hillside overlooking the Rose Bowl. He's landing in the parking lot right in front of the Rose Bowl. Uh, we were a long way away, and there was no other traffic down there. They shut everything down. But I had my handy binoculars, Julie, and so I could actually – so it was fat, It was fantastic. The Osprey landed. The president landed. The cars pull up. They pull the car right up next to the – right up next to Marine One. Uh, a couple of Secret Service men came down first. Again, I have the binoculars. If you didn't have the binoculars, you wouldn't have been able to see with the naked eye. And then he came out and just right down into the car. There wasn't any big wave moment or anything. There was none uh, of that. Uh, he didn't see you up on the hill with your binoculars. No, no, no. Uh, okay. no but there were Secret Service men in the neighborhood. I noticed them oh, later. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. and then they got in the entourage and they all went over to Mark Marin's garage, which must have been a scene because Highland Park is like, you know, very crowded, urban, hilly neighborhood. So, I mean, I, our webmaster lives over there and I had to go over to her house the other day and I was like, I don't think I can drive up and down these hills. It's like shockingly hilly. So I'm Ooh. thinking of the, the 20 cars in the uh, motorcade and the, they had the SWAT team there. They had the ambulance, I guess an ambulance always travels with the president, which makes sense now. And, uh, and so then on the way back, um, we got, to, I, I switched positions, Julie. I stood on the bridge near our house, and I was able to see the whole motorcade, which I hadn't been able to see the first time. So it was thoroughly satisfying from my 
point of view. I've only seen one in my life. This will probably be the only one I ever see. It was fantastic. Now, we've had other people there. Apparently, the first President Bush did the same thing, uh, landed the helicopters at the Rose Bowl. He went to speak to the Caltech graduating class. And then, unbelievably, he also went to Highland Park, where <laughs> where he uh, he showed up at my mother-in-law's elementary school when he was oh. doing the thousand points of light thing, when that oh, was yes. his thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so he also went to Highland Park and then Bill Clinton was at the Rose Bowl for, I think it was a World Cup, but, uh, we had some arguments on the Hill. They thought it was a Rose Bowl game, but I'm pretty sure it was a World <laughs> Cup game, but he came in, but this was exciting. So, uh, this was great. I'm sure if you were stuck on the freeway, it was not that exciting, yeah. but I wasn't, I was just walking around the neighborhood. So I was fine with it. But the interesting thing was that people, on the Hill. And then I've had many conversations with neighbors afterwards and friends afterwards. What is he doing here? Julie, I feel like I've become a spokesperson for the podcasting industry because no one knew like, well, who is Mark Marin? What is a podcast? Where can I listen? Why would the president mm-hmm. go to a garage? And I had to like, <laughs> I had to say, cause that's our ethos, man. We're in closets. We're in garages. We're speaking our mind. We're bringing our voices to the people. And, uh, so I feel like I have done an excellent job as an unofficial spokesperson for the podcasting industry this week, explaining to people. Well, there's no one There's no one more talented and more qualified than you to do that, Liam. Thank you. We are podcast pioneers, some of the first people to be uploading our show. So there you go. I I was happy to do it, Mark Maron. Call me. Call me if you want me in the garage. You know where I am. I don't need a helicopter. Maybe you could just swing, swing by land. Just, uh, just go, gonna walk around outside his garage. It was, it was so sad to me though, Julie, that he was literally driving by my house and he couldn't just swing by to do satellite systems. Just, I mean, just come on upstairs into the closet. You know, just for a couple minutes. Just, that would have been good. I mean, that doesn't happen. Like honestly, driving by the house. So it just was kind of crazy, but. uh I enjoyed it. Well, well done, team. Well done. Well, I hope this will be the tipping point for podcasting. Let's Leah. hope. Perhaps that that this is now you know this is between this and the popularity of cereal that more people will just you know embrace it because that we're I the think cool people, kids. Yeah, you know. I mean, I think people think it's much harder than it is. You know, to to listen to. So. Oh, to listen to. I thought you meant yes. to do. No, yeah. no, not no, to it's do. Very hard to, to do, listen, but to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I kept saying to people. Have you ever watched a video on YouTube? Okay, it's the same thing. You just yeah. click on the play button and you just just go to Mark Marin's website or go to SatelliteSisters.com or I don't know how to do those. Well, it's not just click play. It's really not that hard. <laughs> so, but I was nicer than that when I was talking okay, that's to good. the people in my neighborhood. <laughs> so anyway. Well, so you're really recovering too, Lynn. Recovering. Uh, it was part. a big day. It was a big day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Liam, we have to turn to talk to some of the uh, talk about some of the news stories. Uh, it's really, it's. I have some sad news, which is it's over for the Gap. You know, they just it's a big lament, but they announced last week that they're closing 675 North American stores. Oh you know, my gosh, I didn't know it was that many. Yes, yes. Oh so, wow. So that's well, they have a lot of stores, Liam. You know, yeah. So I, I just. What happened? And this, they had a big article about, a, you know, business article about what went wrong. I mean, number one, it's no longer cool to wear Gap clothes. I mean, 
I mean, people don't even know who Sharon Stone is anymore. But remember, you know, she was the coolest of the cool. And she wore that little gap turtleneck to the Oscars with some big designer skirt. Do you remember that? Yeah. Wasn't it yeah. a white blouse? Well, I think she did it two years, right? Or was, maybe it was a white blouse. I think it was, was the white blouse. Gap? It was a white blouse, but it was Gap. It was Gap. Oh, for sure. Yes. It no doubt. Totally... And the thing is that they, you know, they also find that they're now so many... Everybody's into fashion, you know, that, right. you know, you know, that luxury is booming. People want, you know, want to have fashion. And uh, so you have, you know, at the high end, the luxury items are selling well. And then there are, you know, there are stores like TJ Maxx, which we love, which are, you know, also providing, you know, clothing at a discount price. So Gap was kind of stuck in the middle. It's a, so that's no good. And then it's a giant teenager fail. Teenagers yeah. are not, they're just not going into that. They don't no. like that brand. They have H&M, they have Uniglo, they have Zara. So they want fast retailing. They want, you know, if they see something on the runway, they want to be able to walk into H&M and buy some knockoff for $9.99. That's where my son shop, H&M. It H&M. never occurs to them to, they only go to the Gap and I take them to the Gap. No, it's over. It's over. It's yeah, just, it's over. I mean, yeah. and, you know, that, and that the gap has really struggled to try to, you know, to, you know, to do some of this fast fashion and they can't do it because they don't have the vertical integration of, you know, they don't own the factories. So it takes them longer to, you know, to take a design and make it and get it to the stores. So that's good. That's a problem. And then also People aren't going to malls, Leon. Malls are slumping, and that's where the gap is. You know, then of course uh, in the mall. So I, that- I can't believe that people are because though I I only go to malls when I drop my son off at the movies, but it's yeah. packed every yeah. uh, every time I go to that mall. It's it's packed in Arcadia, but other malls are struggling. Maybe yeah, other malls are okay. struggling. Okay. And then the sort of heyday for the gap was business casual. And, yeah. you know, that was that was a horrible look for women in particular, right? Khakis right. and the polo <laughs> shirt that we all have. <laughs> oh, gosh, I had to wear some of that stuff. I, I can remember that. But uh, that business casual, meaning khakis and a polo shirt, it's over. Okay, people, now you have a lot more variety when it comes to business, ca- uh, ca- you know, casual. So, I I just don't know where where what we're gonna do. I mean, it's just over, you know. So you don't think we can fix it from no, our tried. microphones? We, well, we tried, Leon, but I mean, it's just they just you know they just failed to uh, to adapt to a very changing and dynamic situation. So well, it's interesting. We have a very good fashion writer for the L.A. Times. Her name is Booth Moore. And um, I, I care almost nothing about fashion, but she's such a good writer that she she reports on things in not a like weird way. She's just a very solid reporter and she happens to report about fashion. So she did an analysis of this season's clothing at The Gap. And apparently yeah. they hi- hired a new designer who was supposed to you know be on trend and fix that fashion gap they have. And Boothmore just said, the clothes are ugly. She's like, she's like, just go. There's not one thing you would want to put on it's like you know no one goes to the gap to buy like high fashion you know short dresses that look like paper bags and she mentioned how gray 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 everything was and it made me think of you you came out strongly against gray baby clothes (laughs) yes so she just said basically the clothes are really ugly if they're wondering why they're not selling the clothes are ugly and uh so there you go so i don't know if we can i think it's beyond us then 
Joel. I wish they I would. I think just... it is, but I'm hoping they can save Baby Gap because for <laughs> some reason they're doing the right thing in Baby Gap. I mean, they have very cute clothes in there, yeah. reasonably priced. They're you know that they're they're you know fun and they're fashionable and the kids like them and moms like them and uh, and nanas like them too. So <laughs> I just hope that's my big worry that the Gap store is going to pull down Baby Gap and we're going to lose <laughs> Baby Gap and then I'm in trouble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's why that's uh, one bit of news now here's another story i saw leanne and i i just said hallelujah i said hallelujah when i read this it was it's an article uh by a professor at yale about that you know one of the things that you know he teaches computer science there and one of the things that he's observed about the whole internet age and where it's going and what we're going to do next is that we are, we're going to, you know, that there's a very important age group that I am now part of, Leanne, because I'm turning the big six zero, and that as people age, we lose our dexterity, you know, so we are going to be less able to do all the text, texting and typing that is at the heart of the, you know, of the internet digital age, right? Right. And what we're all about is audio, Leon? <laughs> like to talk and listen, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Because as you get, oh, as you get, as you age, you still you know, the last things to go, Leon, are your is your hearing, okay? Your hearing, your you know, and so this is a real opportunity that as as we have an aging population, that we you know that and what this professor envisions is talknet, that there would be a whole internet. For people who do not want to type or text, but they just want to listen and talk and that there would be featured conversations in your own languages. So you could have you could pick whatever language you want and that they would maybe topically arranged. Maybe one would, you know, weather topics, politics, arts, uh, other issues in the news and that it would be all open and public. And that you would be able to, um, you would be able to join in to these conversations. Well, what sounds, do you think? That sounds terrible. I just it's envision awful. like, you know, the way old people yell at the television. Like, <laughs> why? That's just rooms full of old people yelling at the television. My uh, God, that sounds terrible. Man. <laughs> just want that. <laughs> No one wants I that. Think, I think, well, I am going to want that. I am going to want that, Lean. I have always felt that there should be more talking and less typing. I find that typing is, it's really stilts the conversation and it doesn't, you don't get it into the flow, you know, and, and I think it really just to be able to listen to people, we can, we can get better sound equipment, Lean, to t- turn it up really loudly. Okay. Just- but I mean, there's great power to group conversations, and I think I think it will be a real help to uh, our aging population. I think it will, you know, when you think about it, to have all these informal conversations, and I'm and not, you know, not political debates, but informal conversations on a wide range of topics. It's a great mainly way to- your health issues, yeah, <laughs> your health. <laughs> oh, you have a bad attitude, sister, about this whole thing. Okay. Well, you're not going to be invited to talk now. If you're interested in talk now, please let us know. Okay. Please let us know at satellitesisters.com 
or go to our Facebook group, the Satellite Sisters, and let me know because I think it's a I think it's a wonderful idea. I, I just I, I think it is the next big idea that's out there. Okay. All right, so, Joel. Leanne is you know youngest sister. Okay. That's okay, you know what, Joel? We're having a few connection problems, so let's uh, take a quick break, and we're going to reconnect, okay? Okay. All right. Okay, we're the Satellite Sisters. Speaking of TalkNet, here we go. Better connection, Julie. So uh, I'm I'm out on that. But what else you got for me? Something that's well, back I, I, to the something future? else that maybe you should think about, sister. Which is it's it's sort of a back to the future topic. Something that again, Satellite Sisters, we've been talking about for years and years and years, and that is civility. There's a new uh, group of research out. Uh, it was written about um, in in the New York Times this weekend by Christine Forath, who's a, a Georgetown Business School professor, that, you know, that we, we've talked about civility for a long time, but now that they have, re- they have really linked rudeness at work uh, to that it's hurt, it hurts profits, it hurts health, and it hurts happiness. That, in fact, as they do, they've done a series of surveys of, of a wide ranging of, of companies across a variety of industries. And they found out that, you know, incivility really can hijack the workplace. That if people are rude, if, they're inter- if they interrupt, if they ignore people, that it does not create a good work environment. So information goes, you know, goes missing. You know, you don't share information as easily with a rude person. You don't work as efficiently as, uh, as you know, with, with other um, rude people. It shuts people down and, and they, they want to contribute less to the workplace. So, um, so we've been saying this for a long time. We knew this, that, you know, that if you, if you are, you know, uh, you know, it's so easy to be civil in your daily life and by making some small adjustments, you really can improve, you know, you know, people, the, the profits of your organization because it's a, it, people work better. But they also what look, does rudeness look like then in the workplace? It's been so long since I've been in a workplace. Like I'm trying to envision you're at work, people just interrupting you at meetings. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, Not like they, basic so they have a gossiping, whole, that kind gossiping, of thing. Okay. It's, you know, it's that they, they have a bullying style, that they're demanding, that they, you know, they're not considerate, you know, like if you work close by and they're not considerate to your workspace. I mean, these are, you know, these are all things that happen in the workplace. And it's also creating so much stress for workers. They take more time off. They have more illnesses because the stress of just tolerating rudeness is really uh, is very, you know, is, is a serious thing. So um, and they found that if you're, you know, if you're not rude, if you're respectful to other people, that, you know, that this can really improve the workplace, which improves profits and which reduces health issues. And, okay. you know, it take it, you know, it's not a big thing. There are small adjustments. Uh, so it's not like you're you know, it's not like fist fights are breaking out every day in the workplace, Lynn, but it's more sort of small slights. It's lack of consideration. You know, it's not establishing eye contact. It's yelling. It's it's being inconsiderate, you know. And okay. uh, so those are very uh, typical ones. So, you know, I, it's just, you know, we've always talked about civility being a good thing, you know, uh, just f- uh, for civility's sake. But now they've been able to link it to 
to profits, uh, to people's health, and obviously to happiness. Hmm. So it's just something to keep in mind. It caught my eye, and I thought that was important. But it's one other thing that they found in this research was interesting, that sadly, there's sort of, uh, if you're too warm and friendly, there's sort of, uh, you're, you're perceived as not being competent. You know, that there's sort of an inverse re- yes. inverse relationship there that you can't go overboard. Like if you're too nice uh, and too friendly and too warm, people perceive you as being less competent in your job. That's so classic. you have to sort of find some kind of edge there, Leanne, between being hostile and domineering <laughs> and, being, and being nuts. Okay? Okay, that's a good, that's a good tip. I, you okay. know, fortunately, almost no one's ever accused me of being too nice. So I don't think that's a problem for me. But you're so nice. People might think that of you. So so do they think I'm incompetent? No, Is you just got to find, just keep your edge. Don't let your edge go once you're yelling at your computer all day. <laughs> I talk now. We're not inviting you into any of our conversations. Good. That, please don't. Uh, although, uh, here's one that you might want to talk about with your old friends, and that is how to live to 100. Okay, I saw this in Health Magazine, and I've been kind, kind of, I know, right? Now that I'm 50, I'm thinking I might want to live to 100. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to live. That's 40 more years for me. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I, I just feel like the alternative is not good. So I would <laughs> just... You know, not a fan of the alternative. So, uh, so there is a, uh, a doctor out there. He's done, he, it's a, it's from a diet book called the blue zone diet book. Um, so Uh you can, I can, Uh I'll post a link to, uh, to that at satellitesisters.com. Uh, but this, uh, this writer has identified areas in the world where people live to be a hundred and labeled them the blue zone. Okay. 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 So that includes places like the Greek Island of Icaria. The mm-hmm. Highlands of Sardinia, okay. uh, Costa Rica. There's a Nicoya mm-hmm. Peninsula in Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. And then here's the real surprise. Loma Linda, California, which has the highest. Loma Linda, California, really? It has the highest concentration of Seventh-day Adventists in the U.S. And part of the Seventh-day Adventist religion is that they're kind of clean livers. You know, they, they believe in like diet and exercise as a piece of their religion. They don't drink, uh, they're vegetarian and they believe in the outdoors. I know cause my sons went to a bunch of seventh day Adventist summer camps in Oregon and they were vegetarian all, you know, I was like this, they really believe in like that sort of thing as a uh, spiritual and so, mm-hmm. uh, so I thought that was really interesting because I know you've, always, you've heard of the Mediterranean diet or the Japanese diet, but this actually, this is a pretty comprehensive study uh, of, you know, cultures all over the world. So you can do it anywhere if you really try. Okay. So it's 10 steps and I won't go into all 10, but here are a couple of the biggies. The first one, Julie, is you have to get, <laughs> this is hard, 95% of your food from plants. Oh, okay. That's, I mean... It's produce, whole grains, and beans. Okay. Mm. Produce, whole grains, and beans. Just keep repeating that to yourself because that is the key. And particularly leafy green 
vegetables. Okay, I know what you're saying there. I yeah. Know, I, know, I know which leafy green I, I have to eat. No, right? so, not just kale, Julie. Not just okay. kale. All you right. can eat dandelion greens. I've seen those in the store lately. Okay. I didn't know what to do with them. They said like at least a cup to two cups of leafy green vegetables a day. Okay. okay. And really the dark green ones, not iceberg lettuce with... Mm-hmm. Um, with, with a with, nice, with like, like a blue nice cheese dressing. Ooh, yeah, that's my favorite. Layer. No. with a little bacon on top. Mm, no, mm. yeah, you have to really uh, a cup of cooked greens a day. Where ha- if you eat that and you're over forty five, you're half as likely to die in the next four years as those who eat no greens. That's pretty oh. powerful. Like, if you're not eating any greens, seriously, start now because that's the way to go. Okay, don't consume meat more than twice a week. Okay. Only two, okay. which okay. is and not that, that much. Chicken and fish too, or is that just red meat? <laughs> yes. No, That's... it includes chicken. Oh. Includes chicken. Only... Fish, they want you to eat every day. Oh. Okay. You can eat fish every day, up to three ounces of fish a day. Okay. Mm. Cause that's in blue zones overseas. Fish is the most common part of everyday meals. Okay. So you want to get the middle of the food chain species like sardines, anchovies, and cod. That way they aren't exposed to mercury. <laughs> I know. Those all sound bad. All I right. Know. So I not know. a lot of meat. Eat a lot uh-huh. of veggies. Eat, you can eat fish every day. Please cut back on dairy, they say. Oh, I like dairy. I like I yogurt and cheese. I, know. I like it. I like well, it. Okay. Goats and sheep's milk products like yogurt are common in these traditional good you know, mm-hmm. places right. like Greek and Sard- Greece and Sardinia. But the studies are incomplete whether it's the yogurt that's so good for people or because they live in places where goats are, they're hiking up and down every day. <laughs> so, so what if we just get some goats? Leanne? Get some goats, make the yogurt, and then you can eat as much as you want, I think. Okay. 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 You can have three eggs a week. Okay. And that's like okay. total. That's not a lot of eggs. No, that's like no. in your baked goods and stuff and in any recipes. That's well, not. It doesn't sound like you're getting any baked goods. No, any... you're only so... getting baked goods. They make that clear. You're only getting baked goods on special occasions. Special okay. occasions, baked good. So but no here's... bread? There's okay, no bread here's the good news. Diet? No, there is. There oh. is bread in this diet. So that's the good news for us toast fans. Okay, switch to sourdough or whole wheat. And they particularly said that sourdough has the good bacteria in it, which helps you digest. So it's, it has to be real sourdough that with okay. a real starter, not like the fake sourdough you get in some places. Uh-huh. So you're going to have to go to a legitimate bakery and get real sourdough. But they said that's actually better I'll be than- I'll too weak to walk to the bakery, Leanne, because I'm just- <laughs> Just subsisting just on eating. greens and beans. Yeah. Greens and beans, baby. Greens I'm and beans. I'm going to leave in the bathroom. It doesn't sound like it, but go ahead. <laughs> greens and beans. Uh, cut your sugar consumption. You know that. Good idea. Yeah. Uh, no processed food. Uh, use honey. And then here's the thing I, that really stuck out with me. It's why, why I paid attention to the article. Here's what people in blue zones drink, okay? Almost without exception. This is how, these are the liquids they drink. Water. Okay. Coffee. Okay, good. Tea. Good. And red wine. Okay. Okay, uh, so, but okay. like fruit juice, not on the list, you know? Okay. Vodka. <laughs> Not not on the list. No, no, none of that. Okay. All right. But the coffee, that's good. <laughs> that It'll, is good, right? Wine. Okay. And, and I right. know you're a big tea drinker and I started green tea. Yes. yes. I yep. started to yep. make a lot of iced tea, big picture of, you know, green tea, iced tea every day. 
water, coffee, tea, and red wine. I, I was, I thought for sure you were going to say beet juice. No. I, really? So this is just good news, Liam. I'm really excited about this. So, so there you go. If you want to live to be a hundred. So the name of the book is Blue Zone Solution by Dan Butner. And okay. it's published by National Geographic Books. So I will put all that information up. But it looks right. pretty interesting. You, it feels like you can incorporate, like, start right now with the greens. For God's sake. Start eating some greens. Oh, I eat people. greens. I think everyone should eat greens. Yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. feel lucky that we live in a place in California with a lot of greens. I feel yes. like some people really do have a hard time actually finding, you know, healthy, fresh greens out of season. Yeah. You know, so uh, I feel lucky that we live in a place with a lot of greens. So eat your greens. My husband's like, what is happening with the like power green salads? I'm like, we're having one every day for the rest of our lives. <laughs> so, well, that's so. a good place to start, Leanne. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can definitely sp- still sprinkle the uh, bacon bits uh, <laughs> on top of your, your no, leafy greens. only me twice a day. I'm just starting. You got to yeah. take little baby steps. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. A couple of updates before we get to pole dark. Um, first of all, the no shampooing. So last week I was on day three, this no shampooing trend. I read about people at Satellite Sisters Facebook page supported me, gave me a lot of tips. They said, just go with the cheap suave conditioner, just massage it into your scalp, rinse it out. You should be good to go. I was warned there was some transition periods. It didn't work for some people. Some people abandoned the no shampooing. But uh, I can tell you this after 10 days, my hair looks fantastic. So I, but my scalp doesn't feel clean. Like my scalp is itchy. So I have actually shampooed twice in 10 days. Like I shampooed this morning because I was like, I just can't stand it. My hair though looked great. Like the actual hair. So Mm -hmm. I think if I go with a much reduced shampooing regime, I will be fine. But mm-hmm. I will probably have to shampoo maybe once a week, especially in the summer when it's so hot and my I get sweaty. So what are you doing it, Julie? Did you jump on the Leanne, bandwagon? I, I got it I got in on it. Okay. I, nobody in Dallas has heard of it. I, I asked a couple of people. I got some very strange looks. They <laughs> they didn't know what I was talking about. But I you know, I was encouraged by what you said. Yeah. I've tried it. Leanne, big difference in my hair. I've it just, looks great, I, right? Yes, yes, big difference. And it's you know, I, I get hot and sweaty here. We did a lot of running around, and uh, but I, I, and it has made a big difference, like a dramatic difference in my hair in the first week. This is like day six. Wow! So, All right, dramatic so, uh, difference. Yes, yes. So I, so I like it very much. Yeah, I, I, I will shampoo my hair uh, at some point. You know, just uh, but I, I can really extend it, and uh, I think it's a good thing, uh, particularly uh, as you age. Yes. You know, uh, you know, you're stripping out. You know, there's no reason not to be putting more condition in your hair. You got to do this stuff. It's like putting more face cream on. I, I'm totally on board with this, Leanne. <laughs> okay, excellent. It's exciting, Julie. Okay, it's good. Exciting. I am the first in Dallas. You know, in the <laughs> land of big hair, people don't know what I am talking about. <laughs> Okay. So well, I, I guess if you use it. that much hairspray in your hair, uh, that is hard to don't use. No, it's that's I a know. joke. Leon. You I know. know, you've know. been to Dallas. It's you very know. chic. It's a very yes. chic place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good news. All right. So there you go. Satellite sisters. We so won't try it, people. You'll like it. That's yeah. it. You should definitely try it. And as you said last week, it's not going to hurt you. It really <laughs> isn't. 
I don't know what I thought with like my hair was going to fall out or something. And you can stop if you don't like it. There's... You can just shampoo your hair. Like this just... morning, I just, I felt like I needed to shampoo my hair, but I just used a tiny bit of shampoo exactly. with a lot of mixed in with a lot of conditioner so, yeah. and it feels great. But yeah, big difference in the actual hair on my head for sure. Yes. My yeah. looks great. Okay. And then a big update on the cat. Oh. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned I had this stray cat in the backyard and, uh, and, um, I hadn't actually gotten very close to it or anything like that, but I was contemplating feeding it because I'm not a cat person and I'm very allergic to cats. So I can never have a cat in the house, nor do I care to pet them. But, um, I, I do like having one in the yard to take care of, uh, some business out there, you know, <laughs> to, to, to take care of any mice or rats, or I would like a little intimidation factor with the squirrels that are now running rampant in my backyard since my dog died. So, um, so here's the dear Julie. I started to feed the cat. People had said, once you feed the cat, it's your cat. So, uh, I noticed it on the front porch one day and it looked hungry. So I got some cat food and I put it out there. And now every night around five o'clock, I put the cat food out and the cat comes and eats the cat food. <laughs> And I think okay, that's this it. Is such a disturbing trend that now two out of five satellite sisters have feral cats. What is up with you sisters? I can't. You know, here's the you're thing. Such like a softy. You're uh, such a softy. Well, that's I like it. having animal. I like having an I, animal to care for. And I currently don't have one. But um, what, what I have to say, though, made me laugh. You know, I have the dog. The, my God dog now is how I think of Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> German Shepherd across the street. And I thought, well, this is the classic difference between dogs and cats. I put that cat food out and it took a couple days for the cat to sort of find it and eat it. Uh, but it took about 12 seconds for Maverick to find it and eat it. So not only did he eat the cat food, he ate the bowl. Like <laughs> he was just so happy. He's like, yeah, dogs ate, love cat food. He they ate the cat food and then he just like completely destroyed the plastic bowl. It was, <laughs> it was in, I was like, that's the difference between dogs and cats. Cats are picky. They don't show up for a couple of days, 22 seconds. The dog has eaten the food and the bowl. Uh, but, you know, I I don't know if I'm supposed to do anything else. Like if I'm actually beholden now to this cat, just let me know. I, I have no intention of ever touching it. <laughs> or, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's the way Monica was with yeah. her feral cat. But they they have quite the relationship. Well, so my, husband, my husband does. Yeah, I, I named the cat. Uh, I call him Palm. Because he likes to sit out underneath the pomegranate tree. So, um, but uh, my husband thinks he may be someone else's house cat. He's like, Liam, that is just a good looking cat. That's a totally healthy, good looking cat. I don't, I don't think he's feral. I think he's, you're just a sucker. So, which again, that's also fine. I don't, I don't care. I don't really want to be his, his owner at all. But, you know, I feel like it's a small thing I can do. Okay, Liam. Yeah. You got a cat in your life. Okay. All right. So this week, uh, we thought we'd give Poldark a try. This is the new Masterpiece series on PBS. Um, Julie, what could, what Poldark was like a Masterpiece series in the 80s. Is that correct? The 70s and yeah, 80s? Yeah, I know you're asking me because I'm the oldest sister. No, I have I... no <laughs> recollection of, of Poldark on a Masterpiece theater. Yeah. So uh, I was, I, I have no idea. But so this, it's all new to me. I don't, I haven't read any, I haven't read the book associated with this. So, and I know nothing about the uh, story, okay. but I, I will say, you know, they have the tri-corner hats, the puffy shirts, 
the English countryside, the seascapes, and stallions. That's what they, this this series has for going for it. So I I feel at home, Liam. Yeah, okay. it is. I think it's going to be totally fine uh, to fill the gap between Downton Abbey and Outlander. Should Julie ever choose to go back to Outlander again, and if you're missing that, uh, and then uh, I think you will enjoy this series. So uh-huh. from what I can tell, it was like a, a series in the '70s and '80s, and the name was vaguely familiar to me uh in the upstairs downstairs era i believe but i had not seen it so the the remake it centers on this guy ross poldark uh he's some sort of british gentry who goes off to fight in the revolutionary war and you know i almost turned it off right there because (laughs) i you know i'm not really that big on british fighting in the revolutionary war they were on the wrong side of that man they're the enemies so i thought well why should i care about this guy but then the more you get a look at aiden turner who plays paul dark the more you care julie don't you find that Uh, he definitely has a good you know when his profile then there's a lot of shots of of profile shots of him he's pretty handsome so yes so that is good and there's no time travel involved with this series as far as i can tell and uh, and everybody kept their clothes on in that op- in this opening episode. So I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. You know, I, I'm still a little scarred from Outlander. So, but I was so. I just want to put that out there. You know, you can wade into the waters of Pole Dark uh, at least in the first episode. Everyone kept their clothes on. Yes. Yep. Okay. So he comes home. Uh, he he manages to have no communication with his family for seven or eight years that he's over there. He comes back. He finds out that um, his father has died. His mm-hmm. father has left in the estate, which is in tremendous debt. Of uh, the girl he thought he was going to marry is now marrying like the simpering cousin who has yeah. the money in the estate. And uh, things are basically a disaster at the estate. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of embittered. Uh, he's enraged that the girl hasn't waited for him, which I have to say seems kind of, um, I thought that was a little, little much. I mean, he didn't really write her for seven years. How, why is she supposed to wait? What'd you think of that? I, I mean, I, you know, I, he was annoyed, but everyone thought he was dead. They right. lost the war and he didn't, you know, and he didn't contact her. So what's she to do? She, you know, and she has this sort of really, you know, high pressure helicopter mother that uh, wants to make sure that her, you know, the beautiful daughter, Elizabeth, marries well, you know, and so she's really like pushing, pushing Elizabeth on this cousin. So I guess that's, that's it. But we, so we have the unrequited love. There's certainly simmering passion between Elizabeth and Ross Poldark. So there's simmering passion between Ross Poldark and a chair. I mean, he is. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. He's a sexy guy. Like you can't look at, there's no kilts involved here. It's all sort of knee highs and a little, those, what are those (laughs) knickers, knee highs and knickers and no kilts, but, uh, but you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he picks up a pewter mug and you're like, yeah, hot. So, uh, yeah. And so, so Paul Dark is destroyed that the love of his life is is not gonna is not hung around for him and waited for him. He goes into town to sell some pewter mugs or whatever. And um fortunately he discovers a young girl there whose dog is about to be uh used in a dog fight and he is sympathetic to her and he brings her home to work as a kitchen maid, even though he has no money and no food and a really bad kitchen. And fortunately she's a supermodel, basically. Yes. Now, she does, in this first episode, have the no-poo hair treatment, which yeah. I noticed, Leanne, like that she's got, she, you know, they wash her hair under the, 
under the, you know, the, the cold water outside. And yes, she, she goes from being a dirty face girl to, you know, supermodel. Exactly. Liam. Yes. So that, that looks like that's going to heat up between yeah. uh, Ross and uh, the street urchin that he picked up. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Julie, though, I have to say her accent reminded oh. me of John Ramos doing Kira Knightley. I yes. guess, right? Lately, oh, I, I have in my notes, I said, worst My Fair Lady accent I've ever heard. That's what I wrote down. Yes. John Ramos, Kira Knightley. That's, yes. A what... Supermodel girl, you should take in a few more British accent uh, lessons. I mean, but. she's British. Believe it or not, Poldark is that guy. Aiden Turner is American, but she's actually Demelza, which what kind of name is that? She's actually British, but she has a terrible accent. But uh, I think she's going to prove to be a worthy love interest for Poldark. And then in the meantime, we have some of the worst teeth ever oh, shown on gosh, television. Man. I, it, those are just horrendous teeth. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> just... Again, in my notes as well, Leanne. Well, that's a that was a good comment. Yes, uh, it is uh, that may, you know, you, you know, certain episodes you may turn away because there's violence. In this pull dark, ep- you know, show you're going to turn away when you see them smile. I yeah, mean, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really really bad. Uh, so in many ways, it makes you realize how far British teeth have come in <laughs> 200 years, <laughs> even though they're not particularly great now. Right. I'll be more sympathetic to some of those, some of those mouths I see. Yes. Okay, Liam. Good okay. point. All right. Uh, so we have the scheming uncle who's trying to get rid of Paul Dark. Paul Dark does not take the bait now that he's found the supermodel housemaid. And he feels like he has a team there that people of his estate are loyal to him. They fight off the street urchin's family that comes to take her back to their abusive house. He, he chases them off by cracking them over the head with more or, um, you know, uh, lamps and things like that. And so the end of the first episode, Julie, there is some hope. There's some hope that Ross is going to pull dark, is going to pull together the estate, uh, rehab this young woman. And we have a couple of excellent dogs. Didn't you think oh, in the, in the show? Garrett, Garrett is sort of a Ferris like character yeah. that, uh, he's the dirty face girls slash supermodels dog. And very cute, very cute dog. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Leanne, in one episode, I was like, okay, I, I'm interested to see what happens to Mr. Poldark here. Yes. So uh, I think this will be a nice uh, this little summer show for us to watch. It's a palate cleanser, Joel. It's a palate cleanser yes, after yes, that. Palate. So we yes. have to think of a catchy name for our recap because Poldark recap is not... <laughs> Not we can't, we can barely say that. Yes. Whole snark? No, that's not good. I don't know. If people have any suggestions, watch along with us. I know some of you already tuned it in. It was a huge hit in England. And okay. apparently, uh, the minute this guy goes swimming, like it's all over. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Takes okay. a dip in the pond. Soon. All right. Yeah. Takes a dip in the pond and it's a whole Mr. Darcy situation. So we have that to look forward to. So if you weren't able to watch this week's, I don't, I'm sure you can see it at PBS somewhere. You uh, can watch it. You can watch it online. Just go to pbs.org um, and they have the episodes for free uh, to watch. So okay, you can Julie, watch it right Well there. done. Good job. Good follow up right. on there. <laughs> well, it's because I'm going to be in this talk net discussion group with, with my people, Leanne. Okay. <laughs> all right all right what do you got happening this week anything well leon um opening day of camp nana is just <laughs> it's like six days away uh, that's right camp nana is opening i have two campers for the summer that would be alice 
and Benjamin, my two grandchildren, oldest grandchildren, are going to be with me in Colorado. And uh, and yes, Camp Nana opens next Monday. So that uh, so that's what's on tap. So I'll be talking to you from Steamboat Springs. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I guess you had mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. We need to catch up. We should. We- yes. Okay. <laughs> We should really have a conversation. We should talk more. We should talk to each other. We should. Okay, Leah. Got got anything going on, sister? Um, No, I'm doing, I'm writing. I'm writing, writing, writing. I'm trying to finish my novel by, uh, my next novel by the, uh, by, you know, August at some point. So I'm writing, writing away, doing a lot of research and wrapping up that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm doing. Um, So barely leaving the house, which is fine. It's good. That's what the summers are for. (laughs) So, so that's it. That's all I'm doing. Uh, all right, everybody. You know, you can okay. always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. Um, you can also find us at the Facebook group. We also have an official Facebook page. We posted a lot of extra interviews lately. We have a lot of things happening. You know, a lot of communique, a lot of interaction going on at that Facebook group that we have gotten a lot of new members over the last couple of weeks. So that's really fun uh, to see. You just ask. The group is an informal group. So you just ask to join and you'll be approved. And and then you can join in on the conversation and we would love to have you there. All right. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.